to the 8th chapter of the book of Proverbs, looking at verses 22 to the end of the chapter, verse 36. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 down to 36. Today, I think many of us have experienced more and more how hard it is to talk to people. What do I mean by that? It appears that when we use certain words, certain language, the world understands something very different from what we are saying. Words don't mean what they once did. Our political representatives in somewhere like Westminster often are, would be saying for a very long time, follow the science. Not a bad thing to do. But they also cannot tell you what a woman is. They will struggle with that. Words are being redefined all around us, day by day. We may be talking to each other, but the world and us have different definitions. They have different dictionaries. A few days ago, I was listening to a podcast, and there were two men talking to each other. And this, in this country, was seen as a, a conservative podcast. And one of the men described himself as being married to another man. Now, as Christians, we know what the definition of marriage is. It's between one man and one woman for life. And we all know here, that man is not married. Definitions matter. Truth matters. Wisdom matters. Our world lacks wisdom. It's swimming in information. We've got the internet. We can look up anything we want to at the click of a button, it seems. But we have little to no wisdom. What people would have called common sense at one time. But what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Or we could put it another way. Who is wisdom? And that's what our text We'll answer here this evening. Who is wisdom? Because this text points toward the one who is wisdom himself. So let us read now God's holy word. Verses 22 to 36. Proverbs 8. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains, abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields, or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens 
I was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, when then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. For blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our title for this evening's message is The Son of God is Wisdom. The Son of God is Wisdom. Wisdom is not valued today, is it? Today we think wisdom is purely just mere information. Perhaps getting the question right in the quiz or doing well in an exam, having all the facts there. But we also know that we've met many people throughout our lives and they they have lots of information in their heads. They know lots. They may have read many books even. But they have very little common sense. They have... Very little real world experience. And they may be very naive to believe all that they read or see. There is a huge difference. We know, isn't there? There's a huge difference between someone reading about something and experiencing it. For example, before my wife and I became parents, uh, you know, you'd read books on parenting. And everything seems so simple. You read the book and go, that's it. I know exactly what to do in that situation. Parenting seems so easy. Why can't anybody else see this? Until you have children of your own and you realize it's much more difficult than you thought. Every single child is different. Every single child presents its own challenges. Wisdom is needed. There's something that you cannot get. Nothing wrong with reading about parenting, but there's there's something you can't get from reading alone. The farmers who are here, you can explain to someone the challenges of farming. You can explain to other people the challenges of taking care of cattle, 
the tests that are happening, all sorts of things, the long days, perhaps even the sleepless nights that take place, various things. But unless you've experienced it and gone through it, you don't really know. You really don't really know. And that is the same for doctors. Uh, That is the same for nurses. That is the same for all sorts of professions. Unless you go through it. This is why when you give a CV, you can spend all the time in college. You may have got the best results. No one cares if you have no experience. But if you have experience, oh, they want to hire you immediately. Wisdom has that sense of a kind of skill. Uh, It's got the sense of ability. Good sense or what used to be called common sense. A skill developed through life. But what about spiritual uh, spiritual wisdom? Spiritual experience. Yes, experience does matter, but not that alone. Who do we learn from? Where do we learn from in order to be wise? Is there someone who is this perfect example of what it means to be wise? Is there someone we can look at and say, he is the one who is wisdom? Praise God, we can here this evening. There is the one, the infinite God, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. He is wisdom. And to be filled with wisdom is to be like Jesus Christ. The one described here, the Lord Jehovah, possessed me. Speaking of this pre-incarnate, the only begotten son of the living God. This God, the word made flesh. He is the one described here. At the beginning of his way, before his works of old. The word which became flesh and dwelt among us. So let us look at him this evening. The Lord Jesus Christ. The only begotten son of God. And to learn what it means to be wise in a world. That does not seek to be wise. The first point we're going to look at here this evening is wisdom without beginning. Wisdom without beginning. Often you will hear uh, phrases and proverbs and sayings that go back hundreds and hundreds of years. Maybe they're non-Christian sayings. And they can sound very wise at times because of how old they are. But there's nothing older than this. All the other philosophers thousands of years ago, this, there's nothing older than this. What is described here in verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old. And that's really saying before the beginning. Before his works of creation. What was before that? It was before time even began. So there's nothing older than this wisdom possessed by the Lord. This verse Here describes someone the Lord had before the world even was. Before there was any creation. Before the world was spoken into existence. 
before the very beginning described in Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning. Let's look at that briefly. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. A very short verse, but with so much being described here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Again, what was before that? Nothing. No creation. There was nothing made. Before his works is before the beginning. And the heavens and the earth, we're not just talking about the physical earth and the skies. This is a phrase that encompasses everything. This first verse in the, in the, the Hebrew Bible describes everything that was made. The heavens and the earth. Everything was made by God. He is from eternity, the infinite one. And this is all to say that this wisdom spoken about here in this proverb, it is not something God learned. It is not something that he got from experience of trial and error. It is not something he developed to become or be. This is something he was from eternity. And there's no point in eternity past where he was not this very definition of wisdom itself. He is God. He is God. As it says in Exodus 3.14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am. And Jesus said a number of I am's in the New Testament. And when he did it, the Jews were very offended. They knew what he was saying. The I am, the self-existent one. The one who is the, the definition of all that is good, all that is true, all that is righteous. The one who depends on no one else. The first cause of everything that happens in the universe. Or another way of saying that is, without him there is nothing. Without God there is nothing. So this wisdom, nothing comes before it. And so this wisdom has not changed at all. Not one jot, not one tittle. He is who he is. God is Wisdom. And notice how I say he is wisdom. It's not that part of him is wisdom. And here's the loving part of God. And here's the, no, 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 friends. He is wisdom. If you want to see what wisdom is, you look at God. In our Westminster Confession of Faith, it describes God. It describes him this way, without body. We'd all agree with that. It says without parts. Without parts. He's not Broken up into different parts. We talk about God as love. Yes, he is love. God is righteous. He is good. He is almighty. And these are all words to describe him. But he's not broken into little pieces. He, because he is the definition of all that is good, all that is righteous, he cannot change cannot stop being God. 
There is an ancient and constant standard of wisdom. Verse 23 says this. I have been established from everlasting. From the beginning. Before there was ever and earth. It's like the, the writer of Proverbs is going, how can I make this even clearer to you? Well, he could just write it in one sentence, couldn't he? In the beginning, before that, wisdom existed. But in a real sense, to stir up our emotions, to see how significant and how earth-shattering this is. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. The things you see all around you, before this ever came into existence, this wisdom was there. We study the earth in science, don't we? And that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that at all. The heavens declare the glory of God. His handiworks tell us of his power, of his glory, of his wisdom, of his goodness. And it it should remind us of him who made this wonderful creation. We learn much about these things But these things we learn from and we enjoy, God's wisdom predates all of that. Sometimes, if you've ever been traveling around on holiday, you'll go to different places and different buildings. And often people will put the date of the building outside. And you'll say, wow, that building's been there for 500 years, 600 years. Wow, that's amazing. And people... There's something powerful. There's a statement about that, isn't there? The old buildings of the past. And, and people will try to preserve these buildings. Do you ever see an earthquake? And it knocks down a building that's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And people are very sad about that. It's almost like these buildings have experienced much. They bring much history with them. This wisdom isn't thousands of years old. It's It's... Outside of time itself. God's truth and wisdom. His almighty skill and ability. This is what we're talking about here. Has been there before anything we see around us. The oldest thing you can think about in your mind. This wisdom is older than all these things put together. Unchangeable. And isn't that a wonderful comfort? In a world that is filled with change. In a world that thinks it's being unique. And different. And expressing themselves. In a world that thinks it's being the first of its kind. It's really not. The the same battle. Right from the very beginning. From the very first sin in Adam. Really amounts to the same thing. The rejection of wisdom. That is what sin is. The rejection of wisdom. And the embracing of what is the opposite of wisdom. And that is foolishness. And this is why wisdom must be valued by the Christian, by the follower of Jesus Christ. Because it is that unchanged standard from eternity past. So wisdom without beginning. Number two, wisdom without equal. Wisdom without equal. Sometimes in popular culture... The battle between God and the devil will sometimes be presented as if there's a chance 
for the devil. It's almost like they're trying to pit these things. This is, the, this is before I was a Christian, I would have seen this. That it's like a battle of wits between two almost equal forces of power. And as we look at the scriptures, and as we know from creation, we know that that is nonsense. The devil is like dust compared to God. Not even close. There is none like our God. Verse 24 of Proverbs 8. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet... He had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. I don't know, when you're reading these things, how much knowledge do we have of these things? Verse 24. When there were no depths. Uh, this is like the, the depths of the fountains of water. Uh, when we think of mountains and hills. and there, There's so much of this world we don't understand. Even today. With all of our knowledge. With all of our study. With all of our exploration. Our knowledge is extremely limited. Even about the world around us. There are parts of the world... Because of extreme weather conditions, we can barely study. Uh, a month or two ago, I was watching a, a program on, on polar bears. And the, the great struggle it is to get equipment up there to be able to film them for any length of time. It's extremely dangerous. We know so little about so much, even on this earth. But before any of these things were made that we don't understand, God made them. And he understands them. Because he made them all. Every single thing. He understands them because he made them in the first place. He brought them forth. He spoke them. And not only did he speak them into existence, he sustains them. He sustains them. Uh, Some of the pagan poets of old as they looked at creation, worked this out themselves as well. And it's not like they, they saw what was revealed in creation. Paul said this in Acts 17, verse 28, quoting pagan poets. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said. For in him we live and move and have our being. It's not that we're like, Well, they're writing a lot of different things. They saw what the creation revealed. In him we move. In him we live and have our being. As in he sustains us and gives us life. They could see long ago. That this God that they did not know. Was the reason we were continually able to keep living. He was from the beginning. This wisdom. He sustains all the things around us that we see and enjoy. Put it another way. 
God knows more than all the self-appointed experts today combined. This world does not need more information. It needs more humility before the God of heaven and earth. We need to know our Bibles, don't we, in this day and age. We've always needed to know our Bibles. We've always needed to know the word of God. But as we are facing more and more opposition, be that from the media, be that from even our politicians now, whoever it is, we need to know the word of the living God. And this man, this God, this definition of wisdom, we need to know him, Jesus Christ. Because his wisdom is without equal. There is none to come close to him. So that the world, when the world comes with their wisdom, we know when they are wrong. It doesn't mean that the world is always wrong. Not everything your lost neighbor says is going to be wrong about the world around us. But we must know the word of God so that we know the superior wisdom that is found in the scriptures compared to what is being passed off as wisdom. If we are ignorant of the word of God, what will happen, friends? If we don't know what the word of God says in an area. I remember I was three months saved back in 2009. I hadn't a clue what the, world, what the word of God said about something like homosexuality. And I remember somebody coming to me. And we were having a conversation about it. A friendly conversation. This person was a Christian. I didn't know what to say. And I suppose up until that time I was following the world. I was a new Christian. I was only saved about three months. Went home. Dug up everything I could find in the Bible. And it was very clear to me. Well, it's very clear. This is sin and this is wrong before Almighty God. But I didn't know. I hadn't studied. We need, all of us need to, to study the word of the living God. When we hear of doomsday predictions on the media. Constantly, day in and day out. Let us remind ourselves of what the Bible promises us. In Genesis 8.22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now we don't dismiss science because it's studying God's wonderful creation. But we have a greater wisdom here than the wisdom of man. Greater than you or I. It has no equal. There is no contest between these two. And we either follow this or we follow foolishness. It says in Isaiah 45 verse 6. That they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting. That there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Number three now. Wisdom without limit. Wisdom without limit. Not only is there none who can be compared with God in terms of wisdom, in terms of skill, he also has no limit. He also has no limit to his power. Verses 28 and 29 of Proverbs chapter 8. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, 
when he marked out the foundations of the earth. There's something incredible, isn't it, about this text? When he established the clouds above, uh, there are people attempting to um, study the weather. Man would love to control the weather, wouldn't he? But he can't. Uh, man would love to have this power spoken about here. But he doesn't have it. He, God, in his wisdom, assigned the clouds above. Strengthened the fountains of the deep. And he said to the sea, go here and no further. And guess what? It cannot transgress or go any further than God has allowed it to do. When he marked out the fountain, foundations of the earth, there is no limit to God's wisdom. Because we may think of many people in the world who are wise, who have got great skill and ability. We may think, of, and they may be very unique. You might even know of sports stars, and you think the greatest person to ever play And you might even think nobody can be compared to this person. But even the best, the most unique, and the most wonderful amongst us have at minimum moments of foolishness. Every single last one of us, myself included. We all have moments, probably much more than moments, of foolishness. We all have areas We all have areas we should never talk about, no matter how much we study on, because we are not skilled in every area. But you cannot say this about God, can you? You cannot say that there's not a single area that God doesn't know enough about. There's no limit to his power. There's no limit to his ability. There's no limit to his wisdom. It says in Proverbs 136, verse 5, to him who by wisdom made The heavens, for his mercy endures forever. He who is wisdom is the one who created all. He created all by this wisdom. That's how powerful this is. Through the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 3 verse 19. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. So when we speak of Jesus Christ, true man, yes, but also true God. The very definition of wisdom and power. And as we think about wisdom, let us read some of the questions that God placed before Job in regard to wisdom. This is from Job 38, verses 34 to 38. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds? That an abundance of water may cover you. Can you send out lightnings? That they may go and say to you, here we are. Who has put wisdom in the mind? Or who has given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Or who can pour out The bottles of heaven when the dust hardens in the clumps and the clods cling together. Very simply, only God can do these things. There is no limit to his power. And Job has been speaking all the way throughout the book of Job, defending himself largely. 
against many unjust accusations. But God was showing Job, there are things even you, Job, don't understand. Can you answer these things? He had no answer for these things. Limitless wisdom, infinite wisdom, is found only with God. Only with God. But then we think, how can we, and we often do this, how can we, as mere creatures, say to God in our sin, no. No, I will not listen. There's an area in our lives at times when when we say, I prefer not to listen. May I love the Lord, but there's certain things in our lives. And we stubbornly say, for, for a time, I prefer my own way. Why do we not listen to him and love his wisdom? Because we often undervalue it, don't we? And we often overestimate our own wisdom. When we turn our back on the definition of wisdom, we can only be embracing foolishness. The wisdom spoken about here, the word of God who created the world, governs everything. It governs everything. It says in Colossians 1.16, For by him, this is Jesus Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And when we think about these things, the power of this wisdom and the ability and the skill of this wisdom Whose way is better? Our way or God's way? When we are in the world and perhaps you're thinking there is this unsaved person and this happens more and more in our society but there's this unsaved person that I would like to date. But God says not to marry the unbeliever. Or that job we are thinking of taking, but we know that that job will take us away from the church. Will take us away that we have less time with even our family. Different considerations need to be brought in. And some decisions are very difficult in life. And they need to be prayed over. But at the same time, God must come first in any decision to be defined as wise. God must come first. His ways are better. Number four, wisdom without ends. So we've looked at wisdom without beginning, without equal, without limit, without end. Now we've looked at how there's no beginning to Christ, the Son of God, who is wisdom. But there's also no end. His unique, limitless power will continue on and on into eternity. He will never cease to be God. In verse 30 it says this, Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing, always Before him. 
always before him. And then verse 35 as well. For whoever finds me, this is wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. And that life is eternal life. Eternal life. The God we serve today through faith in Jesus Christ is the God we will worship for eternity. It is the wisdom we will worship and adore forever and ever. And if you do not love him today, dear friends, if you do not love him today, why would you want to go to heaven? If you asked most people in Northern Ireland, do you want to go to heaven? I'm sure that the majority of people would say yes, wouldn't they? How many people would say, well, no, I don't want to go there. But so many can go to a building called a church, but have little to no interest in God or the gospel. There can be professing Christians, you'll give them the gospel, and they will almost get annoyed with you. Seems like a strange thing, doesn't it? If I meet somebody who's giving out the gospel, I'm very excited. Do you really want to go to heaven? What's it like in heaven? A place with no sin. Now, the natural man, that sounds horrible to the natural man. The person who's not born again of the Spirit of God. No sin? A place of perfect righteousness. A place where God's will is perfectly kept. The natural man hates what heaven actually is. But this is the future. It's either in this wisdom, Jesus Christ, or it's in foolishness, embracing death. Embracing what it says here in verse 36. And he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me. All those who hate Jesus. All those who hate wisdom. Love death. Love death. Now from our point of view. The future is not certain. Often when you hear about different things in the world. If only I'd known that that would be a big thing in the future. We'd often think about the future as like, if we knew about that, we'd love to be rich, wouldn't we? You know, if, I, if we only knew that the internet was going to be a big thing 30 years ago, we might have invested in it or something like that. That we would work in a certain area. The Bible tells us about the future. The glorious future in Jesus Christ. One that does not change and is guaranteed to happen. But there's riches and glory far greater than anything in this world. A God who will reign forever and ever. Who will reign after we depart from this earth. In verses 30 and 31, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. My delight. And who does God delight in? 
He doesn't delight in sinners. We were looking at this this morning. He doesn't delight in sin. He delights in those who are wise unto salvation. Because they're seen as wise in Jesus Christ. It tells us in 2 Timothy 3.15. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation. Through faith which is in Christ Jesus. God delights in wisdom and dear friends. He hates as we should hate foolishness. Our final point. Wisdom without substitute. So we've looked at wisdom without beginning, equal, limit, end, and now without substitute. There is, we could say here, only one game in town. It is not like there's two options of wisdom. Here's one that's better than this, and this one's a little bit. There is only life in Jesus Christ, and there's the world's wisdom which leads to death. Verse 35 once more, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Sometimes we may act in our life as if there's another way. Sure, we follow the way, but we don't really acknowledge that those people who aren't trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone, sadly, are in bondage to sin and are following the, the broad road that leads unto destruction. Say this with this way. Wisdom without substitute, there's no other way but through Jesus Christ and him alone because this, the tragedy in recent times. Now we have many nice Roman Catholic neighbors, people we, we like to chat with, but we cannot treat them as brothers or sisters in Christ. They are a mission field. Love them with the truth. It's the same with our, our liberal Protestant friends. I'm not saying you, you act unkind towards them. Not at all. It's not one or the other. It's not that we're talking harsh and militant. You know, you know the caricature I'm talking about. Versus, well, we treat them like they're Christians. If you see a person in a burning building, a person you love, you want that person out of that burning building as quickly as possible. And my friends, as nice as these people are, wonderful neighbors that we have, they follow another gospel. They follow another way and they follow another wisdom. And we're not trying to score points on them. We want to love them. We want to tell them the truth. They need the truth. And we may pray for an opportunity to share that truth with them. But we must seek to do that. We must seek to follow God. Verse 33, it says this. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Hear instruction. Because other gospels, friend, bring the wrath of God. They're accursed, as Paul told the Galatians in Galatians chapter 1. There is only one way. There is only one way. And we must not act like there are others with other gospels who are on their way to the same place. 
There's only one way to the Father, that is through Jesus Christ. He is wisdom. And as we think about this, are you embracing wisdom here this evening, friend? Are you loving wisdom? Are you loving him who is wisdom, Jesus Christ, and in awe of him? And as we learn more about him, we want to learn more again. And as we delight more in him, we we, we want even more. And if that is your relationship with Christ, though it is imperfect, can you imagine how wonderful eternity will be? To be in his presence, to bask and see how wonderful he is, to see him as he is. And if that is you, you are filled with the wisdom to realize you cannot save yourself. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that any other way is foolishness. Any other way leads to death. Eternal death. But there is, there are those, we thank God, in this world who are wise unto salvation. Not because of ourselves. Oh no. But because of God's mercy upon each and every one who trusts in Jesus Christ. Amen.